Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich or Miss, episode 76. Hey, Richards, I'm so happy you are here. Thank you for being here. Today, I'm going to address one of the questions we get a lot from entrepreneurs. On this episode, we are going to talk about the marketing campaigns that successful entrepreneurs used to break through into the market. Entrepreneurial marketing and sales are incredibly challenging. How do you find the biggest market opportunity and need for an unfamiliar product in a market that probably doesn't exist yet? Successful entrepreneurs and opinion leaders, Joe Polizzi, David Bibi, Vladimir Botswazze, and Thomas Lewinwiches tell us about their experiences and beliefs about reaching the business breakthrough. Since we are talking about the marketing and sales of an entrepreneurial business, now is the perfect time to debunk one of the greatest myths in the startup world. In a recent conversation with the marketing manager of a startup that develops and sells enterprise software, I was informed of one of the most common yet false axioms regarding marketing. You need to spend big on marketing if you want to bring in the big bucks. Wrong. The truth is, marketing is all about looking at the problem your product or service solves from the point of view of your potential customers and helping them solve that problem or struggle. The tremendous change in marketing and sales channels on one hand and customers' behavior on the other from offline to online and social media and from one-to-many to one-to-one interaction engagement. These are a blessing in disgust for entrepreneurs. On the Rich or Miss podcast, I ask my interviewees about how they became successful and what marketing and sales approaches have worked best for them. I've chosen four successful entrepreneurs and opinion leaders that you can best learn from about how to make a breakthrough for innovative entrepreneurial businesses. Joe Polizzi, it is so great to have you here with me. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. That's really great, and I've been waiting for this interview. Joe is the founder of Content Marketing Institute, a UBM company, the leading education and training organization for content marketing which includes the largest in-person content marketing event in the world, Content Marketing World. Joe is the winner of the 2014 John Caldwell Lifetime Achievement Award from the Content Council. Joe is the author of four books, including his latest, Content Inc. His third book, Epic Content Marketing, was named one of the five must-read business books of 2013 by Fortune magazine. I just shared with our listeners what you did until now. 
and uh, we'd like to ask you to share with us what are you doing the most passionate about today and where are you heading? Well, that's a great question. I have a lot of passions. Uh, probably my family is the number one. I've got two boys wow. who are 14, 14 and 15 years old, so they occupy uh, much of my, as much of my time as possible these days. Uh, I co-founded a, a foundation, a not-for-profit foundation called the Orange Effect Foundation, uh, which basically we raise funds for children with speech therapy needs, and most of those children are on the autism spectru- spectrum. Okay. So we're trying to raise as much money as we can for that. And of course, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk a lot about, um, I'm, I'm sort of the evangelist for content marketing. I've been doing this for yes, 20 years, <laughs> trying to talk to small companies and big companies about how they can you know, build audiences through valuable content creation uh, in order to see some profitable behavior change. And I've been, I started in that uh, business in 2000. And then started my own company in 2007 and uh, and then we just had a, an exit in 2016 I'm still at oh. content marketing Institute but we sold the company yeah, wow who did you sell it to yeah it's, it wasn't highly publicized that UBM uh, UBM bought content marketing Institute so if you're not familiar with UBM uh, they're depending on how you look at it they're either the largest or second largest events producer event media company. Wow. In the world, and uh, they purchased our company back in June of two thousand and sixteen and it's been a pleasure working with them and so I started you know started the company in o seven had a successful exit and uh, so if we could want to talk mm-hmm. about that, I know you have a lot of founders and CEOs listening to this, yeah. so happy to talk about that as well yes, and they are looking two people that have done an exit and I want to jump and ask you what are your concept or beliefs? On the way a startup or entrepreneurial business should approach its customer I see things a little bit differently than most of the uh, books out there and and thought leaders around the entrepreneurial space my belief is that uh, what most businesses do is they have a really good idea for a product or a service and they get very excited about it and they structure their entire business around that product or service and And the problem with that from an entrepreneurial standpoint is most entrepreneurs pivot they pivot their product and service so you you build up everything around this product and service and you which rightly so you're very excited about it but then you have to change everything and my belief is that a better way to launch a company is around a particular audience whether you have that product or service in mind is fine but let's focus on the audience let's focus on the customers needs what are their pain points what's keeping them up at night and what if you You became the leading expert informational expert for that group of people. What if you were delivering valuable information in the form of um, of webinars and white papers and a magazine and events like we do at content marketing world, whatever the case is? What if you became like a media company for that audience and you actually built a loyal um, you know a group of people that 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 liked you, they trusted you, and they wanted to continue to get that information? That's where I believe the opportunity is for anyone that wants to start a business today because if you do that first and you generate an audience that knows likes and trusts you, they will ultimately buy anything from you. If they trust you, they will try your products and services. 
And so that's what we talk about a lot in Content Inc., where we talk about all these different founders that started and they built up these amazing audiences and then they launched their products and services once they built an e-newsletter that had 10,000 subscribers or a YouTube channel that had 500,000 subscribers, whatever the case is. And then you can launch all the products and services you want. And I believe that is the least risky way to launch a business. It's not it's not known. It's not sexy because we think about, oh, how did how did uh, Steve Jobs and Apple do it? And how does how does Elon Musk do it at Tesla? They do it. They do it the very traditional way where they get a lot of capital and they burn through a lot of cash and they make a lot of wrong turns and they hit a few uh, bright spots through through lucky patches, and then they become these great big companies over time. Well, what we're finding today is there are a whole group of new entrepreneurs out there that are launching this new business model of just building an audience, and then they ask that audience what they want. You know, what do you want to buy? And then you can deliver that to them, and that's, I think, the most effective way to start a company, by the way. That's how we started Content Marketing Institute. We were able to sell it in nine years. It worked very, very well for us. And I know dozens and dozens of other founders that have done the same thing. And so that's my take. Instead of going out there with a product that probably isn't going to be the right fit, focus on being the trusted advisor for your audience, and then you can launch whatever products and services you want. Wow. This is the traditional marketing that they all built it on understanding what your customer want and then bring it to them. However, yeah. remember what uh, Henry Ford said, that if we would ask people what do they need, what do they want to buy, they would have said we want a faster or stronger horses. They can't think of the next thing. This is what all the new revolution about. So how do you deal with this issue? How will we bring the advanced technological ideas? Well, that's a great point. I mean, the, the thing that Henry Ford's focusing on there is a product demand from, a, from the customers. I completely agree from that standpoint. You're not listening for what product. You're listening for the problem. I understand. Sure. What is the problem? People wanted faster easier transportation. That was the problem. Henry Ford had the solution in the automobile. So they didn't have the vision. Like in, in Elon Musk is a great example, right? He's thinking about all types of different products and services, but it's around this, the problems of their customers. So that's what I would say is, and what happens is when you build a loyal audience, like for example, for us, it's enterprise marketers. We know every pain point they have. We know where they're struggling. We know where what keeps them up at night. And then we can figure out, okay, well, what products and services make sense because we know that problem. And we know that problem because we're in regular conversations with that customer base. And that's what happens when you actually build a two-way uh, conversation with your customers and they start to give you this amazing feedback and you understand, okay, here's the articles that they're that they're engaging in. Here's the videos that they're watching. Here's the stuff that they're sharing online. We have all that data so that we can make better decisions about what products and services we need to launch than anyone else. I think some some people don't understand that, you know, you talk a lot about content marketing and content creation, but maybe the best usage is insight. When you send out all this content, and you build an audience, you have better insight over what your customers are doing than every anyone else because it's right sure. in front of you. The behavior is right in front of you. And then from a product and service standpoint, you can make the decisions on what you want to launch. I want you to tell us the story of your greatest, most significant success as a result 
of the right customer focus or something that you did right about approaching your customers? Oh, man, it's so hard because they, it wasn't one thing. It happened. I mean, the success that we were able to, to build is bringing this community together of marketers that are creating content and trying to find their way around this practice of content marketing. There are very distinct things that happened along the way. Like I remember like the first day we hit 10,000 subscribers, 10,000 people that opted in to receive our marketing, which I thought was amazing. This is our marketing and they're actually opting in and saying, yes, we would like to receive your information, your marketing information regularly. I'm like, oh, that's amazing. That's something that I think that... And, when we started to see people like like amazing experts in the industry like your you know like your guy kawasaki's and like your your brian clark's and like your seth godin's start to use the term content marketing that was a phrase that we first came up with that we started to popularize really and people in like all these industry experts started to use it and we're like wow this thing might actually really start to take off there's something about this the fact that i told you that I barely on life support as a company, but then, you know, two years after that, we were able to build a, you know, multi-million dollar event. And I got out on stage and 600 people came to Cleveland, Ohio, uh, of all places and spent a lot of money to be in an event called content marketing world that we just created because we were listening to our customers. So those are the things that I mean, the book launches and all those things, but everything was around creating content specifically around a problem for our customers. Every one of the successes is around just answering a customer problem with information. And um, yeah, that's it. Absolutely. Amazing. So interesting. That's right. So can you recommend the best or most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer focus marketing or sales? It's been happening for a long time. And if you go back before 1990, there were only eight ways that your customers could get information. They could get it from you know, television ads. They could get it from magazines, from newspapers, from radio, from billboards, from fax machines, those types of things. The technological advance happened along with Google and smartphones where your customers became in control of their own buyer's journey. Sure. Where they could, you know, customer, your customer has a 24-7 informational device with them at all times. And what that meant is they went from the eight ways, those eight technologies that were available before 1990, that meant that the conversation was owned by media, big media companies and by brands with very large advertising budgets. And it was like that for 50 years, from 1950 to 1990, basically marketing was interruption. It was about who has the largest purse, the large purse strings and who can interrupt uh, in a way and get their name out and product out in front of these customers. Today, you know, into, let's say, you know, late 90s, 2000 and beyond, that completely flipped. And that's why we're seeing this movement into content marketing, because your customers can ignore us at will. They can ignore your advertisements. They can ignore your terrible content. Everything you're trying to push, they don't care about it. They don't care about what you have to sell. They only care about their their own needs. Sure. And that's where really market, that's why we can have a book called Killing Marketing. That's why we can talk about these changes because we've had to change in marketing because we have to figure out, look, it can't just be about us. It has to completely focus on the customer or we're going to fail. So it's that combination of the technology move from the power of to for brands and media companies over to the consumer that changed everything. If you had to choose one tool that you should recommend our listeners to use, 
What would it be? Oh, I'm going to go old school on you. This is um, email. The number one thing that I would do if I if I'm starting fresh today and I'm like, well, what's going to carry my business forward? I would develop an audience of email subscribers that will actually want to subscribe to your email. And then from that email, that's where you will generate your product and service sales. So I would absolutely 100 percent focus on email. It is the, the audience of subscribers that we have the most control over. Um, all I mean, social media is fine and Facebook and Twitter and everything else is fine, but you don't control those connections. They're controlled by Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and everyone else. And they will take away your rights in a heartbeat, which they've done brilliantly over the past five years. So what do we have to focus on right now? And I would say that it would be email. David Beebe, Emmy-winning branded content producer, keynote speaker, co-founder, content decoded. Declared by Edwick as a branded content master who makes it okay to love marketing and named by EdEdge as a top 40 forward thinker, risk taker, and rainmaker in marketing, Emmy Award and Cannes Leon's winner David Bibby, who founded and led the Disney ABC television group Content Studio and Marriott Content Studio, and produced branded content for Grey's Anatomy, Desperate Housewives, Ugly Betty, Lost, Scrubs, and original series for Showtime, DirecTV, Yahoo, and PBS, is one of the entertainment and marketing industry's most influential producers, brand storytellers, marketeers, advisors, and keynote speakers with real-world experience. David Bibi, it is such an honor to have you here. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is great. I just shared with our listeners what you have done until now, and I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today? Well, you know, I think it's, it's always been um, storytelling has uh, been a part of my career from the beginning, uh, sure. from working in, in corporations within marketing or, or the content creation units within there, and, and working in television for 15 years, producing Television shows like Grey's Anatomy and Ugly Betty and uh, Lost, uh, producing all the derivative content, wow. so the webisodes, behind the scenes. That's storytelling, right? And that's sure. what consumers are watching. And so you go to the brand side and you apply that thinking of think like a publisher, think and act like a media company because consumers want content. They don't care where content comes from. They don't care who produces it. As long as it's entertaining and informative and or helps them solve a problem and it's valuable, it's totally fine if it's from a brand. In fact, they understand that brands need to advertise and need to market, but they appreciate when you do it in a way where your content, whether that you want to call it an ad, whatever that creative and content is, provides value to them first versus pitching them features and benefits. So what is the biggest difference that you see between marketing in in other ways and your kind of marketing well i think it's you know it's all the you know it's all the same really you think about traditional marketing is about pitching features and benefits look at us look at our product how great it is here's what it does and typically that type of marketing tends to be interruptive in nature meaning 
it interrupts what the consumers are doing. That it comes in the form of TV commercials, banner ads, interruptive emails. It's not delivered at the right time and right place. So the change there is to you can still deliver content, but again, go back to the idea: deliver content that provides value first and entertains and informs the consumer versus interrupting them. So deliver it at the right time, right, right place, right screen, even where it's providing value. And there's all kinds of other marketing, of course. And uh, we want, uh, you know, content marketing, brand storytelling should connect to all your other marketing you're doing. It's not the only type of marketing, but it should be a big piece of it. And it all works together. Yeah, but actually the content that we produce today, even more than in the past, but this is everything. Everything is around that. But it's very interesting to look at it and to think about it from another perspective and to find somebody that came from Hollywood and bring this world, this storytelling to the world of brands. I, I love that. And uh, I want to ask you, who do you um, consider to be your customers? Who are your customers today? And how do you figure it out? Who are your most potential customers? Who do you want to work with? Well, you know, I primarily work with uh, brands because brands are the ones that need, our, you know, your marketers, your advertisers. Now, within there, there's all types of brands, uh, obviously, of smaller brands, smaller companies, in a sense, all the way to major corporations. But, um, and, you know, a lot of times when I talk about storytelling and you, how your brand should be creating content and, you know, doing even documentaries, webisodes, um, short films, a lot of the smaller companies, even entrepreneurs, think that it's super expensive, and it's really not. The, the biggest challenge is shifting the mindset of your leaders, your marketers, your executives, your entrepreneurs to understand, to think consumer first. That's the key. Believe it or not, and this is really hard for any marketer or any executive or entrepreneur to believe, consumers, in a way, don't necessarily care about what you do. They want to know why you do it, how it benefits them. Um, sure. What do they get out of it? So, yes, your product, your company, your service hopefully is valuable. So you have a successful company. But you, there's a shift in the mindset of the way that you engage with consumers now. So I work with all types of companies from the smallest entrepreneurs to big, major global brands, because at the end of the day, the content, essentially, the, the cost of it, the process is the same, essentially. It's shifting the mindset um, and there are very, very cost-effective ways and a, a really efficient ways to create content on smaller budgets with smaller teams. You don't need to have the big global resources that brands have. I do agree. I do totally agree coming from the big brands to the small entrepreneurial companies. You know, this podcast is all about customer focus. And I would like to ask you for the concepts or beliefs that you see about the way a startup or entrepreneur or any brand as well should actually approach its customers. Yeah, I think, look, we live in a world today where the you know, customer is king, essentially, right? Sure. Uh, your customers, your consumers now control when, where, and how they interact with your brand. They also control what they think about your brand. Um, and brands and companies are not in charge of the message anymore. And it goes back to that experience that you provide customers. That is essentially the brand. And that's what people are going to talk about. And content can actually play a key role in, in helping 
uh, have a better experience with your brand, regardless of the type of company is or the size of the company it is. And so when you talk about customer experience and customer focus, all brands, all companies need to think consumer first. How is this benefiting the, the customer? Even looking at the process of all your content communications with them, is you know is it easy? Is it not uh, essentially self-centered on the brand itself and actually providing value all the way to experiential brands? How can content help make that experience better? And if you know if they do have a bad experience with your company or brand, hopefully the content around it can help fix the problem that they had as well. Vladimir Botsvadze is a serial entrepreneur, leading authority on digital marketing, and top influencer. Professor, Fortune 500 consultant, trainer, the CEO of Botswana Marketing Solutions, a full-service digital agency serving Fortune 500 clients that generates the best ROI from social media. Approximately 100,000 individuals follow him. He's inspiring top brands including Aston Martin, HP, KLM, FedEx, and more. Vladimir's research is recognized by London Business School, and he has been featured in Forbes, The Economist, and many more. Vladimir has won over 36 awards in digital marketing, ranking among the top 100 digital transformation and B2B marketing influencers by Onelitica. Vladimir transforms brands and builds businesses. Vladimir Butzvaze, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Thank you for uh, having me in your show. It's so great to have you in my show. I just shared your bio and what you've done until now with our listeners. And I would like you to share with us what are your perspective, concepts and beliefs regarding the way entrepreneurs and any business actually has to approach their customers today through the social media, through the digital marketing and I would like to ask you to give your best advice to our listeners regarding how to approach the customers, how to be a customer focused. Well, you know, businesses all sizes need new customers, you know, and, uh, sure. and my company's marketing plan helps me approach potential customers and ask them to spend money on the products I'm offering, you know, and I, pre- I sure. prepare extensively, develop a detailed plan for my customer visit and execute my plan professionally. Uh, there are, there mm-hmm. are a few steps that I focus on. For example, first is preparation. I assemble all the latest information on the products I'm selling. I ask about, about any problems with my company's operations so I can prepare if customers have questions about them. Then next step is uh, I study product information in terms of what customers of my target market find important. Identify the features the target customer will find interesting. I ask customers what they liked about dealing with me, you know? So then I, sure. then I study the new customers uh, I'm going to approach, make sure that I know if they have problem with existing suppliers or are looking for new providers. And then I, I, I identify first contact if uh, I'm approaching a company that look for details about uh, contact positions or authority. So then uh, next step is uh, strategy, right? I decide, sure. uh, I, I decide who, is, uh, who I'm going to ask for business. 
I call sometimes companies to verify that I, I contact handle orders and suppliers on in the field of activity. So for individual sales, I make sure that person I talk to is decision maker in the household. Sure. Then I develop a list of my company's strengths in the new customer's market segment, make a list of actual needs for each new customer and add potential needs that I think might be appropriate for the client. So then uh, for each new customer, I prepare a strategic approach that matches the actual potential needs with one of the strengths of uh, my company. For example, if a client has high energy costs and uh, uh, my product is unusually efficient, uh, I highlight that advantage, you know. And the last last step, last step is execution. I make sure, uh, I make an appointment with my potential new customers, arrive at the agree upon location and dress well, uh, appropriately for for the industry. Uh, After uh, introducing myself, I start meeting by asking about the client's business to verify that my list of clients' potential needs is accurate. So then I introduce my company as a potential supplier by executing my strategy of emphasizing the advantages that correspond for the client's needs, provide documentation that substantiate my company's capabilities. Then the last two steps are I conclude the meeting by asking for a commitment. If the client is not ready to order, I ask when they might decide to place an order. Make sure that I live with an agreement on the next step where it is timing for a decision or date when I, I will call back. So such a written note, the client thanking him for the first time and reminding him of uh, the next step, uh, I agreed to make sure that I take the next step unless it is clear that the customer has uh, no interest in uh, placing the order. You know, so this sure. uh, this uh, steps uh, of approaching my customers works. You know, because I have we our company have thousands of successful happy clients, and uh, you know I, we are pretty proud of them of their successes and uh, how everything works. You know. Sure. If I take what you said, which is extremely interesting, the main two things that I take from you, and tell me if I am correct in that, the main two things that I felt should be emphasized is, first of all, how well you prepare the meeting and how well you study the client. Of course and understand the client, what is important to the client, what their needs are. And the second thing that you said, and I think should be emphasized, is that you, unless the, the client is not going to make a purchase, you are actually leave it to yourself. You don't let the client say, okay, one day I'll okay. call you. But you say, when should I call you back? Is that of correct? Of course, of course. You know, we have a different uh, approach to customers. And what what is my biggest success due to the right customer approach, right? We offered personalized customer experiences um, and uh, we took advantage of positive social proofs. We remembered that the quality is important than speed. We introduced loyalty programs that chose the right customer service tools. We asked for customers to leave a feedback and we assisted customers across various channels. So what are expectations from the customer experience? High speed of response, mobile experience, extended support hours, no hidden fees because top brands charge them more and more, you know, after they interrupt. Sure. And we have no we ha- we have no hidden fees, you know. Everything is transparent. We respect our customers, you know. And cooperation with brands, you know, and self-service tools, of of course. And uh, we've measured and assessed everything, and the statistics are fantastic. 89 of our customers are retained by us with a strong omnichannel customer engagement. 70% expect a company's website to include a self-service application, and 90% of consumers said that they 
had great experiences seeking customer support on mobile. And 81% of our customers would recommend our company to others after a positive customer experience. So as you can see, word of mouth. Word of mouth is, is uh, what we should focus on. I would rarely spend uh, any amount of dollars on advertising, you know. Oh, and I'm pretty excited, you know. I see so many enthusiastic, hungry and uh, you know, determined people who want to succeed and to become uh, like uh, practitioners, you know, because we need to be practitioners in uh, what we do. We need to be, sure. we need to live and breathe uh, social media platforms in order to succeed. And we need to be 24 7, 365 in this business because uh, majority, the problem is that majority business school teach strategies existed 20, 25 years ago. And uh, even top brands hire graduates who, you know, who are taught such strategies and uh, majority brands are left behind, you know. So sure. we need to have a cutting edge knowledge nowadays in order to move forward, you know, and uh, as a leading um, professor in digital marketing who lives and braces business and marketing 24-7, I'm uh, always excited to be invited and business course tra- uh, to deliver trainings, uh, to deliver uh, keynote speeches and, uh, you know, to enlighten and entertain and educate people what matters most and what works most in uh, 2018. Thomas Slovenovicius is a lifestyle entrepreneur and blogger from Lithuania. He writes about habits, lifestyle design, and entrepreneurship. Right now, he is traveling the world with a mission to empower one million people to change their lifestyle for good. Thomas Slovenovicius, it's such a great honor to have you here. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really very happy to have you here and I saw things that you wrote and I really like what you are doing. And I would like you to tell us what is your biggest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something that you did right about approaching your customers. Uh, it actually happened completely accidentally. So before when I was, when I was blogging, I was mostly focusing on Okay, I think this is trending. This is very popular. A lot of people are talking about it. I'm going to do a, a post or a story on, on a guest blog or, or, or my own blog and I'm going to, you know, share, share some stuff about it. And most of the time I would use internet to basically research similar content and then basically recycle everything. And there, there are so many pieces online that, uh, that are just recycled content and no one really engages with uh, recycled content anymore. So what I discovered two years ago was I wrote a post about powerful habits that I stole from ultra successful people. It was uh, 12 powerful habits that I have stolen from ultra successful people. So basically, <laughs> okay. I wrote a post how I engineered my own day by stealing habits from Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, uh, Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg, and all the greats of our times and uh, how I applied everything into my lifestyle to basically engineer a perfect morning and perfect day. And that post just went... It's beautiful idea wow and that post just went completely viral you know like time reached out and they republished the post and New York Observer reached out and they said we want to republish this and it resonated with people so much because it was not recycled content because it was completely honest uh, my take you know like I didn't say this is uh, what I came up with I said that I have stolen these habits from these people because I, I really believe in their uh, in their missions their their visions and and, and their lives so So I did this post and uh, then half a year later, 
uh, an agent reached out and offered to to write a book about it. So right now I'm, I'm finishing the book. So I think that was uh, one of the biggest success that actually happened completely accidentally. I didn't plan for it. Wow. I must say that I want to read this article and I want to ask you to uh, put the link in our show notes. Oh yeah, absolutely. It sounds like an article that every one of us entrepreneurs really want to read. It sounds great. Was there a moment? Actually, I'm stealing this question because one of the last interviewees, who is a fantastic lady named Nicole Holland, talked about the point where she stopped chasing after customers and started to attract them. And I want to ask you if you have an example or a story about reaching this moment. Um, yeah, right now I'm actually in a position of choosing clients or whatever customers I want to work with because I've been blogging for the last 10 years so all the work accumulated quite a lot of work examples that people discover you know organically naturally and uh, there's also word of mouth and uh, I am I, affiliate on, on some websites as well so I get quite a lot of pitches every day and just this you know like years and years of work allows me to choose clients that I want to work with and uh, right now I'm, I'm happy to say that I can choose clients that align with my own values and I can choose clients that uh, I believe in, in their strategies and in their visions and their missions that they're doing and uh, I feel very lucky for this. You are very lucky for that and it's great to hear. I want you to tell us about your concept or beliefs on the way a startup or entrepreneurial business should approach its customers. Uh, and you are actually, that's one of the things that you are doing, so I think it will be especially interesting. And give our listeners your best advice for their customers' approach and focus. Yeah, this one is really tricky because for every single Every single business, it's a different strategy. And oh, I love you saying that. That's right. I love you saying <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, but, but at the same time, you can take the same approach, which is do not take classic way of just, you know, spending ads on Facebook or Google or whatever. First, go to places where people are actually hanging out. So there are already tribes online. They're on Reddit. They're on Slack. They're on Facebook groups. Uh, you can go to LinkedIn groups. There is Quora. There is a lot of questions uh, asked every single day on Quora. These are your potential customers. These are people who are already asking these questions that you can answer and that you can provide a solution to. So I think first you need to do a lot of kind of like underground scouting of the area and trying to connect with uh, with these existing people having real problems that you can solve. And, and once you have conversations with these people, you're going to see that, okay, maybe your assumption was wrong. Maybe your approach was wrong. Maybe your, uh, your product uh, has too many features or some of the features are misleading or some of the features are not necessary. So I think just first by doing this kind of really dirty manual work and trying to connect with, uh, you know, as many uh, customers one on one as possible, then, then, then you have a lot of real data that you can uh, work with and, and act on and then later on you can develop strategies. Maybe you need to spend money on LinkedIn instead of Facebook because this is where your business customers are or you need to spend money on Instagram because this is where your, let's say, teenager uh, demographics hang out and, and so on. So I would, I would say that this is one of the best ways that worked for me developing uh, content strategies for, for businesses and, and basically doing the research for, for my own blog posts that go really well. 
These four successful marketing stories are drawing a clear picture of the new routes available for entrepreneurs to approach their customers with. Times have changed. I'm not only saying you can't succeed with a small budget. I'm saying that even if you have a huge marketing budget, you won't need most of it to succeed if you will use the right marketing tactics, channels, and tools. We don't need big budgets. We need to care about our customers, give them endless value, engage with them, and serve them. In return, they will give us their attention, trust, money, and most importantly, their loyalty. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.